Are you looking for the best tips and tricks to run a successful dental practice? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bulletproof Dental Practice, interviewing some of today's most successful dentists with your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Today, we have someone kind of outside the field of dentistry. His name is Ben Greenfield, and he is a biohacker. He's a human body and brain performance coach, ex-bodybuilder, an iron triathlete, a professional Spartan athlete, and um, I believe, Ben, weren't you ranked like or voted the, the number one during the country? Uh, at one time, uh, but to clarify, I am in the field of dentistry in that I have teeth. I'm pretty sure that qualifies <laughs> me as being somehow related to dentistry. That's true. That's true. Like and, a doctor and, I have a body. And, yeah, and embarrassingly enough, I, I have been to a dentist in my life about four times in my entire life, so I feel a little bit self-conscious being a dentistry podcast and not being someone who uh, who goes to the dentist much. But well, uh, you know, at least it's anyways. been four times. Sometimes we have people in our chair that confess they've never been. So you know, it's better. Yeah. Than, it's better than nothing. We'll take it. We'd like twice a year, but better than nothing. I know. I do all my vitamin D and my vitamin K2 and my, my mineralizing toothpaste and my toothpick. And uh, I knock on wood, I just haven't really ever had to go to the dentist for braces or wisdom teeth or anything like that. Well, you so, know, obviously, being uh, a performance guy, your diet's probably on point And, you know, genetics play a big role in some of that as well. So, you know, what the other I do a lot of uh, I do a lot of trigeminal nerve work and I also do a lot of jaw realignment therapy, meaning that I, I have a massage therapist who works on me. And, uh, she used to work once a week. Now it's closer to like once or twice a month. But I had her shoot a video. It's on YouTube. It's called how to do jaw realignment therapy. So it's basically like active release therapy for your jaw. And he works up and down the trigger points as I open and close my jaw. And after a while, I figured out using, have you guys ever seen these vibrating massage tools like a, yeah. a Myo buddy or, or like a Theragun or anything? So I have one called a Myo buddy. Like a high do, uh, Mm, yeah, it's kind of similar to a hyper ice. You mean like the vibrating foam roller? That thing? Yeah. yeah, it's like that, except it's like a handheld vibrating massage tool. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of these are, are similar to not to be crass, but like, you know, same same thing, uh, you know, like a woman would, would buy for something far different than vibrating one's jaw. But basically, you use this uh, on your jaw and you open and close your jaw as you hold the vibrator up to specific spots up and down the jawline. And it relieves tension. You can also move it uh, back to the back of the head and do craniosacral work. And you can even take it like up and down across the skull and hit a lot of the sutures and stuff in the skull. And it your your whole head just feels amazing and and light as a feather when you finish. So where is that? Uh, I know. Uh, if you did, if you did a search for jaw realignment therapy, Ben Greenfield, you'd find the video. It's like super simple. I mean, like you you could teach your you could teach your spouse to do it on you. I mean, it's, but you could also do it yourself with like a little vibrating tool, which is what I do now. A few times a week, you know, when I wake up in the morning, it's like a cup of coffee for your brain and it relieves all your jaw tension, which is actually really important because, uh, for example, I had uh, I had some chronic right low back pain. And you guys are probably familiar with fascia and how fascia is, you know, it's like a only a spider web that covers your entire body. But it's uh, when when it's knotted up can cause issues in terms of neurotransmitter release. It can also be a means of communication in your body, like like nerve communication, very similar to that. But uh, you know, pathways can travel faster than the speed of light through fascia. And so when you when you have fascial issues and say like your your lower back, it can be related to tight head and jaw. And I actually had like a like a fascial release therapist who specialized specifically in fascia fix my low back by going in through my mouth and doing deep tissue work inside mm-hmm. the jaw and inside the mouth. Incredibly painful. I mean, I was laying on this table crying like a baby. 
when he finished, my entire low back pain was gone. So, and maybe mm-hmm. knock on wood, it was because my jaw hurt so freaking bad afterwards. My back pain was gone. You kind of like with you, your thumbs, you, you, you hit the other thumb with a hammer. But uh, right. either, either, way, either way, it's really interesting how, how jaw work can affect the whole body. Well, Ben, explain what a biohacker is for, for everyone up there. And, well, I mean, like biohacker is an overused term, honestly. Like it, it's it's just like a catch phrase these days. I mean, what it used to mean was somebody who literally hacks their biology, doing things like implanting magnets in there for tips to be able to interact with screens like, you know, the movie majority report or people who, who like, you know, inject chlorella into their eyeballs to be able to get night vision at night or people who implant chips in their body to be able to, you know, glucose and lactate. Uh, or folks who might do something uh, like, for example, um, you know, uh, implantable uh, biometrics or implantable bionics, you know, like like bionic arms, things along those lines. But nowadays, you know, they say a biohacker, somebody puts friggin, you know, butter in their coffee and, right. you know, measures their levels of breath ketones. To me, that's just somebody <laughs> who's engaging in better living through science. But I mean, really, you know, you tear down the word, right? Like a biohacker is somebody who figures out a way to enhance their biology by accelerating the way at which their biology might naturally do something or by shortcutting their way to a specific biological goal. For example, right. behind me in my office is a, a live O2 machine. Right? So I'll flip that thing on tonight before I ride my bike next to it. And it'll allow me to induce complete hypoxia wearing the mask that's attached to the unit and hyperoxia breathing 100 oxygen and by going back and forth from hypoxia to hyperoxia doing like a 15 second sprint in hypoxia followed by a 15 second sprint in hyperoxia going like 10 times through right for like a real quick 15 minute high intensity interval training session i can cause vasoconstriction and vasodilation specifically to neural tissue that allows me to build my mitochondrial density and neural tissue in my brain far more quickly than I would be able to with a normal exercise session. Now, granted, I could do that by going to the top of a mountain, right, and exercising, mm-hmm. then driving down to the bottom of the mountain and then exercising, and then driving back up to the top of the mountain and then exercising and back to the, and so on and so forth. But, you know, I'm using kind of like a biohacking implement to achieve those results in a far quicker and more efficient and more convenient period of time by just using, uh, you know, a, a hypoxic, hyperoxic training device sitting in my office. So that, you know, that's an example of a of a biohack. Or, you know, right now, and I'm in Spokane, it's dark gray outside, right? There's no sunshine. There's a lightning storm that is predicted for this afternoon. And you guys can see me. I have the video turned on. I have two giant infrared lights shining on my back and the front of my body right now while I'm working in my office. So I'm getting all the benefits of being out in the sunshine, you know, uh, affecting or, or reversing a lot of the effects of things like seasonal affective disorder, et cetera, uh, without having to say, like, you know, go, you know, hop on an airplane to Florida or California to, to get in the sunshine because right. I've got little little pieces of sunshine in my office. You know, it's another example of a biohack. So, yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on how far you want to take the word. But I... What annoys me is people who put a stick of butter in their blender and say they're a, yeah. they're a bag. I, I think it takes a little bit more than that. But at the same time, I am not anywhere near getting tissue implanted biometric devices yet. And the reason for that is because I have uh, reservations about, A, being constantly bombarded by things like Bluetooth and Wi-Fi signals in, inside my body. I'm not one of those guys who walks around with wires and Apple watches and things like that constantly attached to me. 
And my other reservation is that, you know, just, just like I don't, I'm not a huge fan of like those countertop alkaline water makers because they're passing water over a metal plate. And so you're, you're a lot of times getting metals in your body. Same thing if you were to get implants, right? You're just exposing yourself to metal. Same thing. Like I have tattoos that I wish I hadn't gotten just because you get a lot of carbon nanomolecules seeping into your body. And so, you know, I, I draw the line when something has potential for harm. So for me, when I'm using mm-hmm. any type of biohack, the first question I ask myself is, does this fly in the face of health and longevity, you know, at, while giving you enhanced brain and body performance for a short period of time? And if it pushes the fast forward button on my biology, I will usually eschew that particular uh, biohack. Right, I have a question, if you don't mind. Sorry. Um, just, just so I understand a little bit more about uh that uh just your beliefs what what's your position on water i know it's and it's a question you probably get all the time but like i know reverse osmosis is like a big deal now um and it's been such that you know most of the bottled waters are ro and i've just been reading research i just have a curious i'm just curious is reverse osmosis stripping out like the the important minerals or do you what's your position on that i'd love to hear that if you don't mind well absolutely it's stripping out the important minerals that's what it is i mean it cleans out everything so it's very good at getting rid of chlorine and fluoride and birth control pills and all this other jazz in our water but it also demineralizes the water it also destructures the water right which is which is also important water vibrates at a specific frequency when it's passing through underground springs or when it's falling from the sky or when it's moving around in the ocean you know it's chock full of negative ions and it is vibrating at a specific frequency uh you know if you look at the the structure, the crystalline structure of moving water, it's far different in terms of its ionic potential and its ability to be able to cross into the cell membrane versus still water or water that's been heavily filtered. So what I recommend to most folks is if you're in, if, if you live in a municipal area, you don't have access to like a spring or findaspring.com or a good well or some form of moving living water then what you do is you use a good water filter, right? Like say reverse osmosis, but then you do two things. A, you remineralize the water. And some reverse osmosis filters, you know, like if you go to Amazon and you do a search for like reverse osmosis filter with remineralization, they'll have remineralization units that they come along with. Uh, the other option, and I like this, is you just basically make your own minerals and add them back into the water. And that's very similar that, you know, some, that's something as simple, like what I do, because I run my water, my well water through a filter, because it's got some bacteria based iron and some manganese in it. So I run it through some pretty hefty filters, but then I'll take that water and I get uh, big chunks of like Himalayan salt. Uh, I use this stuff called soul water and I'll just get big old glass mason jars. And for my drinking water, I'll put a bunch of those, those mineral rocks into glass mason jars and set them out in the sunshine so you get the the water gets exposed to infrared it gets mm-hmm. restructured it gets chock full of minerals and then you just add about a shot of that into your glass of regular water from the well or the spring or your municipal filtered water and it remineralizes the water you could use trace liquid minerals you could use pinches of sea salt but i found the most hydrating is using that that approach where you take glass mason jars and you fill them with salt like I, I use these rock salts. I think uh, I think bengreenfieldfitness.com slash soul water, S-O-L-E water, gets you to the URL of the, the particular salts that I use. And I set that out in the sunshine in a glass mason jar. And so I get minerals in the water. But then I also, in addition to that, all of my water is structured, meaning that after it passes through the manganese and the iron filter, or if you're listening and you have a reverse osmosis or a carbon block filter or anything like that, 
you can restructure the water by passing it through a very inexpensive filter. Usually it's a series of glass beads that are kind of built like a vortex and it, it just churns the water and restructures it before you drink it or you shower in it. And that would just be like the search term you'd use for that. That would be a structured water filter, a structured water filter. Um, my, uh, my website has one option and, and it's the one that I personally use in my home. It's just basically this, you, you attach it to the pipe, whatever, whatever pipe is going into your main water supply after the water passes through whatever filter you have in your home, you just attach this onto the pipe. And so the water, the very last thing it does is it passes through this series of beads. Usually they're like glass beads and kind of like a spiraling vortex. And that's what restructures the water. And that's mostly based off of research done by Dr. Gerald Pollock over at University of Washington on how water can carry structure and, um, and an ionic charge. So that, that's what I personally do and recommend when it comes to water filtration. Thank you for that. That's very cool. Thanks. That is yeah. cool. And then, and then, of course, like I travel a lot. So what I do as far as that goes is I will, um, I, I will travel with like a, a water bottle. Like Berkey makes a pretty good portable filter. There's another company called Fixed, F-I-X-T, that makes a good portable filter. And so uh, you can do that. And if you want to structure your water on the go, same thing. There are companies out there that actually make like portable little, like they're all, they look like sticks and you can filter your water. And then like when you're going to drink your water, you can just like pour it through this filter. And it's the same thing. It's like, it's like a bead vortex. And so if you want to drink structured water while you're traveling, it's pretty easy to just do it that way. And you, you pour it through this filter. It's a little, little like carry on filter you can bring on the plane or whatever. And then there's also uh, fixed, uh, that, that same company and Berkey does it too. They make shower head filters that you could take to like hotel rooms and stuff. You just sort of toss them in your bag. They go through TSA just fine. And then all you do is when you're, when you're showering stuff at hotels, cause I travel all the time and I don't really want to shower in chlorine. I'll just screw this to the top of the, the shower head filter at the, at the right. hotel. It's easy peasy. It takes 30 seconds. Uh, cause I don't have a ton of time on my hands. So for me, most of the time I'm looking for, for quick fixes. And for me, it's easy enough to just like, carry a water bottle that has a little filter attached to it, a little shower head, and then that structured water stick. And between that and just making sure I buy good glass bottled water, right, like Gerald Steiner or Pellegrino. Um, generally, I stay away from Perrier because it, you can you can look up, you can do a search for bottled water pH, and you can find like the ones that are more alkaline and the ones that are more acidic. Mm-hmm. And granted, like something being more alkaline isn't always better. You You can definitely decrease the pH of your body too much and that can affect metabolic function just as much as increasing your pH too much by being too acidic. Uh, and I've even run into some people who have had issues with with seizures and brain fog and all sorts of issues because they're they've got like those countertop alkaline water filters and they're running them at 10.0. So just going way too alkalinic. But at the same time when you get like glass bottled water, you, some of them are are at like 6 6.5 like Perrier and then like Gerald Steiner, Pellegrino, some of the better ones are typically up around like a 7.0 to a 7.5 for pH. So even if you're buying like good glass bottled water, the pH is going to vary pretty widely on those too. So um, the other thing you can do with those, like if you get them back to your hotel room or if you're buying glass bottled water is you set them out in the sunshine and the sunshine will, will structure them very, very similarly to like running through a structured water filter because the, the infrared rays from the sun can, can charge up water in a very similar way. Excuse me one second while I just do that real quick. Yeah, yeah. put it in hey, the sunshine. There you go, baby. Hey, that easy. So I actually have a Ben. I want to get your advice on something that I think about a lot as being a dentist. So we take out a lot of heavy metals out of the mouth these days. Obviously, mercury fillings and such. 
And I remember there being a correlation to how I felt. And I finally put two and two together. I was taking out a lot of fillings, replacing, you know, obviously tooth colored fillings or inlays and onlays, which are porcelain. And to get the metal out of the tooth, you obviously have to hit it with either a carbide or a diamond burr, which can vaporize it. And um, do you have any, well, I know obviously the, the toxicity of mercury being kind of probably the number the number one um, neurotoxin that we know of, right? Or one of them. So I was having a lot of headaches and stuff associated with that. Is, do you have a good methodology for, for purging if, if, if someone is exposed to heavy metals like a dentist is yeah. a lot, yeah. even in the vapor form? Yeah, you want to be careful because if you just take a bunch of chlorella or cilantro or any of these typical metal detoxification or metal chelating agents, in many cases, the metals will just basically get freed up from whatever tissue they're in. In many cases, if your brain has lower levels of metals in the other areas of the body, which is typical, you get metals crossing the blood-brain barrier, and you wind up just creating more issues with mercury being in neural tissue versus the other body tissues. And so in most cases, the way that you do it is you'd use an approach, you know, like uh, uh, Dr. Dan Pompa is a chiropractic doc who has a pretty good approach where he has this program called, um, I've interviewed him on my show. We took a deep dive into it, but he's got like this full body detox program. And I, I completely eliminated mercury and lead using this one. But you do uh, you do like a preparatory phase that begins a mild detox. Then you do a body phase that detoxifies everything from the body. And then you finish up with a brain phase so that as you detox metals from the, from the brain and neural tissue, they're passing into the body instead of vice versa. So that, that's kind of an intelligent way to go about doing things. That's kind of an intensive like three-month program. The other one that works pretty well is is like a chelating cage that surrounds the metals and keeps them from being freed up and it keeps them from binding to other tissues once you've detoxed them. And for something like that, there's a guy named uh, Dr. David Minkoff down in Florida who does a spray called Metal Free that works pretty well. You put that under your tongue and you hold it and you can combine that with something like chlorella or cilantro or any of these other binding agents. And that, that's, that's a pretty good one too. Therapy? What's that? It's chelation therapy? Yeah, that's like an amino acid cage chelator. Um, it, it's a little bit less of the big end approach compared to like Dr. Dan Pompa's cellular detox program. Uh, it's called uh, TCD, True Cellular Detox. But I, you know, if you've got enough time on your hands, I like the True Cellular Detox. It's a lot of supplements and, and like kind of a little bit more of a comprehensive approach. But if you just need like a quick fix, that metal-free spray isn't too bad. And you can get tested. Do you just have to go to your physician to get tested if you if you suspect that, or is there a, are there? A- you don't have to go to your doc. You, you can just go to Direct Labs. You can get a metal test through them. You can go to Wellness FX. They've got some good metal tests. Um, you can uh, you can do like this other this other test, like a urine test, pretty easy one called a Meta Oxy Eval. That that's just for for overall toxins. There's a few different ways to skin that cat, but I mean, you know, any of these wholesale lab testing websites. You can go to, you can order the tests, and in many cases, once you print off the requisition form that they send to you, like you can have a mobile phlebotomist come to your house and just like run the panel for you. Or in many cases, if you live in in like a municipal area, you can you can hunt down a Quest Lab or a Lab Corp within like a few miles of your house. Just go in there, have them do the blood draw, and then uh, then you know you'll get your, the PDF of your results within a couple of weeks. You know, it's, it's interesting. Let me just jump in here. Thank you for all that. You know, when I'm, when I'm listening to you talk and it's, it's overwhelming the amount of data that we're just going through. And 
my thought is just for the for the guy like me who you know Peter's Peter's uh, the guy who puts that butter in his coffee. <laughs> He's doing that stuff. <laughs> so you guys, but I'm not a biohacker. Yeah, but you guys are on a different wavelength than me, and I want to represent maybe some of the people that are listening to this because you're going to be new to a lot of the people that we have on the podcast, uh, which is great. So I'm happy. I'm happy about bringing this fresh content. My question for you specifically is that it's so overwhelming. And we're, we're down to such minutiae about certain aspects. What are like, if you only had like three or four things that the average person could pay attention to, you know, and, and spe- specifically the dentists out there, because you got to understand we are dealing with a lot of chemicals. Our offices are tending to be small. There's a lot of off-gassing of different sterilizing agents, methyl methacrylate, acetone-based stuff. So for the dental audience specifically, what are three or four things that you would say that we should be thinking about to control? Is it our waters, our physical fitness, is it our diet? What would be the four things or, or so that you would say? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it, it does kind of depend on your situation. If you are, you know, if you're obese, it's going to be a different approach versus if you, uh, you know, have some kind of like a chronic underlying infection like, you know, mold or fungus or Lyme versus if you're super fit, but you've got like, say, adrenal issues, right? So so it does really, really depend. You know, when I have clients who come to me or I'm doing a consult with somebody like, eh, there's never like one diet or one program or, or you know, one fitness routine. It, it, it always varies from person to person. But that being said, like, I find some of the biggest wins uh, for what you've described, like just kind of keeping the body clean, especially when, you, when you're in, in, the, in the dental practice and you want to like consistently be detoxing the body cleaning it up. Uh, some of my favorites would be one, I sweat every day. Meaning like in the winter, every day I make it a point to get into a sauna, whether it's at the gym or I actually, it cost me about $4,000, but I just ordered a sauna and put it in my basement from this company called Clearlight. And then I hacked it. Like I insulated it and I stuck a wine cork in the temperature sensor and I added extra heaters to it. So it's like, it gets super hot. And I just get in that like in the mornings, then finish up with a cold shower so I'm not sweating all day. But you sweat like crazy in an infrared sauna. And there's a lot of other cool effects in terms of like growth hormone release and uh, healing of tissue, maintenance of muscle mass, etc. So I'm a big fan of sweating every single day. And in the summer, I get in the sauna less because obviously I'm, I'm, not a, a, I'm, I'm not in the cold as much. But in the summer, I just make it a point to go outside and work out at some point during the day. So every day, I kind of have this rule. I have to break a sweat every day, which is really, really great for detoxification. Very simple rule to live by. I also, by the way, have a rule that I I take an icy cold shower for two to five minutes every day. That's not for detoxification. That's more for nitric oxide, for vagus nerve health, and for, uh, for burning fat. But that's, that's another little rule that, that wouldn't be as much for detoxification, just some other health, health, um, benefits. But the uh, sweating every day would be one that I would recommend. Um, doing something that moves the lymph fluid every day, especially for detoxification is really important. Um, the way that, that I do that is I have two different things that I do. When I'm traveling, have you guys ever seen like the Qigong method of just like standing with your feet kind of wide and shaking your body, like with your hands at your side as you kind of bounce your feet up and down? You could do a Google. Oh, I've seen people yeah, do that. Yeah, you could do a Google search for, for Qigong shaking, but you're essentially using your own self-generated G-forces, and lymph fluid responds really well to G-forces, like even more than like weightlifting or movement or walking on the treadmill, like really like pushing your body into the ground and coming back up. That's how you move lymph fluid really, really conveniently and, and quickly and efficiently. 
And so that full body shaking, I do that for about five minutes when I wake up in the morning when I'm traveling. And then when I'm at home, okay. what I have is one of those mini trampolines. Trampolines, and I, I yeah. jump, I jump on that for about five minutes in the morning. And, and so that's the second thing that I do just like on a regular wow. basis. Every day I sweat and every day I shake. So those are two things. Um, a couple of other things that can be really helpful. One would be breathing. Um, what I did was I learned Kundalini yoga, which is probably the most, most breathwork intensive form of yoga. And I don't have the time to do like a Kundalini yoga session every day. But what I do is I took some of the techniques because there's like, you know, you'll like bring your hands up overhead and sweep them down as you breathe out. Like, so you'll be like punching and breathing or you'll be like rotating and breathing. So what I do is I'll do about two to three minutes of some kind of intensive breath work every day because you breathe off a lot of CO2. It really helps with detoxification, really helps to oxygenate the body. And it's surprising how many people just like don't go anaerobic at some point during the day. So I actually hired a, a Kundalini practitioner, did like a custom program for me. Uh, I interviewed her on my podcast. We did, went to bengreenfieldfitness.com and, and did a search for Kundalini. And then I just took like, like I kind of took the 80-20 approach. I did her full routine that she made for me a few times, memorized it, and then just like grabbed a few of those. And every day I do about two minutes of some kind of like breathing Kundalini yoga type of move. And so th- those would be three things like sweat every day. I shake every day. And then I do some form of like intensive hard breath work every day, but like for short periods of time. Cause again, like I'm busy. I, you know, I'm not going to do like an hour and a half of some fancy special detox routine every day. But for me, it's about those little things that I can just easily throw in throughout the day. You know, do you have a morning routine, Ben? Like something that you do and how long does it take? And, and obviously it probably encompasses some of what you just said, but do you have a like first thing you do yeah, when you get out of yeah. bed to prime sure. your day? Yeah. So what I do is every morning I I wake up and I roll over and I put on a Bluetooth enabled heart rate monitor. And that that's one of the few times that I'll kind of like put something, you know, electric that radiates a signal in my body. Like I'm not a fan of like Fitbits or Jawbones or anything like that, just because they're constantly emitting a signal. Like every three seconds, they send out a class one Bluetooth signal searching for a device. So I just don't even wear those because I, I have my reservations about constantly irradiating the body with Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. I don't have any Wi-Fi in my home. I don't have any Bluetooth in my home. It, like There's very few appliances in my home. It's just like electricity free. Anyways, though, the uh, the thing I do in the morning for about five minutes, I'll put on this heart rate monitor and it, it tracks your heart rate variability, which is, basically measures your sympathetic and your parasympathetic nervous system strength. And that's just a quick five-minute check-in in the morning. And while that heart rate monitor is like collecting its data and I'm laying in bed, I either read the Bible or I do a devotional. And then after that, I do gratitude journaling. And I use, uh, I use this journal called the Christian Gratitude Journal. And it, it, I answer three questions. Uh, what truth did I discover in today's reading? So it helps me be, when I read and I'm really cognizant, like rather than pick an eye crust out of my eyes, I'm like, scanning through the page and just like, you know, barely comprehending what I'm reading. Instead, when I read and I know I'm going to be answering something about what truth that I discovered, it really helps me focus on what it is that I'm reading and read consciously. So I do that. The next question I answer is, what am I grateful for today? So one thing that I'm grateful for, because gratitude is one of the most powerful emotions on the face of the planet when it comes to allowing you to 
sleep better and have fewer aches and pains and it increases the strength of your nervous system. And there's all sorts of physiological and physical benefits to gratitude, not to mention that the mental, emotional and spiritual. And then I, I answer the final question, who can I pray for or help or serve today? Right. So rather than having my own daily affirmations, my I, 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 me, 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 it's instead thinking about others and who I can help that day. So I, I do my heart rate variability, and my gratitude journaling while I'm laying there in bed. And then I get up and I go downstairs and I put on the coffee. And while the coffee is brewing, I do about 10 to 15 minutes of a little bit of breath work, a little bit of shaking, a little bit of yoga. I kind of keep like a foam roller or some kind of vibrating device like I mentioned or lacrosse ball. And what I do every morning is I'll just hunt down a few tight spots and work them out. So rather than getting like a big, long massage every week, I'm kind of a fan of like hitting my body for a few minutes every morning just because that's a little bit, it's easier for me to squeeze in during the day and even travel with like a little lacrosse ball or something like that and do this when I'm traveling. So I start the day with some breath work, a little bit of yoga, some deep tissue work. And then when my coffee is done brewing, I, I pour my coffee. And uh, oh, by the way, the other thing I do right when I get up and go downstairs, I have a big glass of that water, that mineralized water, because it really helps with the bowel movement between that and the coffee. And so I'll, I'll sip my coffee, and while I'm sipping my coffee, I write fiction for about 20 minutes because it really helps me with creative flow the rest of the day, kind of like open the right side of my brain. So I'll write fiction, and uh, I, right now I'm working on a fantasy fiction book, and I'm sipping my coffee while I'm writing my fiction. And then uh, in many cases, I've got some kind of a biohack attached to me while I'm doing that. So for example, this morning, I use something called photobiomodulation, which helps to clear up inflammation in neural tissue because I did some airline travel yesterday and that airline radiation can create a lot of oxidation in neural tissue. So I used a device called a, called a Vi-Lite, V-I-E light. And I've interviewed these folks on my podcast before about their device, but it's, it's really, really good for, for increasing the health of, of your neural tissue. It was originally designed for Alzheimer's patients, but it's good for just about anybody who wants to kind of optimize their brain. Other mornings, I will use, like, especially in the winter, uh, like in-ear light therapy or, or eye-based light therapy. I use one device called a retimer, another device called a human charger. And what these do is they help to tell your body that it's morning and give you a big blast of the equivalent of sunshine when the sun isn't shining. And so, again, this would be more like in the winter or the fall. But, I, you know, I double up and I'll do these things while I'm writing in my book or writing fiction. And then once I finished up my coffee and, you know, so I'm all stretched out and I've done my shaking and I've had my coffee and I've written a little bit, then I'll, I'll head up to the bedroom and I'll basically take a dump, have my morning bowel movement. And uh, then I go back downstairs after that and I generally do 20 to 30 minutes of some kind of relaxing parasympathetic nervous system activating easy thing like yoga inside the sauna or an easy walk in the sunshine or a little swim in the pool outside my house or you know just some easy kettlebell swings like not a crossfit wad or anything hard just like i like to ease into my day because your body temperature and your grip strength and your reaction time and your post-workout protein synthesis none of that peaks until like 4 to 6 p.m in the afternoon so i use the morning for just easy things i save anything hard for the end of the day I'll do that for about 20 to 30 minutes, and by then, it's it's right around 9 a.m. So once I finish that, I take my cold shower, and then I make myself a smoothie, and I started to work while I'm, while I'm drinking my smoothie. And then you know, basically from 9 a.m. you know, until about 1 p.m., I'm just like a horse with blinders on, working, writing, doing consults with people, um, uh, you know, recording podcasts. 
just working my butt off for the next several hours. But yeah, my morning routine, uh, you know, generally start to finish. That's about an hour to an hour and a half by the time I've you know, made my coffee, gotten out of bed, done all those things I just described. But yeah, that's generally what it looks like. It's a, it's a really nice morning and, and it's something I can replicate when I travel too. That's very helpful. That's incredibly helpful. I was kind of enjoying your morning routine. I'm a big uh, Tony Robbins fan and um, he has a similar, I don't know if you've ever uh, done any of his training, but he has a very similar routine as well, but he does a cold plunge. Uh, he has at his house, like a 52 degree plunge pool that he just jumps into. I always was worried about it. I thought like that would shock your, your sympathetic nervous system. I could imagine like a heart risk associated with that, but, um, he swears. Well, by. I mean, th- there is, that's why people die during triathlons or during exercises. They have a, and I interviewed a guy named Dr. Thomas Cowan about this. It's a combination of mineral depletion, poor water intake, and an overactive sympathetic nervous system. And you jump in the water for a triathlon, or you're having sex in the morning, or you take a cold shower, and you die of a heart attack because your heart isn't strong. But in most cases, if you're taking care of your body, you're drinking really mineral-rich water, you're you know, you're easing yourself into the day, and then you kind of finish up with that cold shower to, to jumpstart everything. It works really well. You know, I had a, I live out in the middle of the forest out in Washington state. There's not a river or a creek or a lake out in, out where I live. So I had a crane come in and drop a 19 foot endless pool out in the middle of the trees outside my house. And I keep that at about 50 to 55 degrees. And so if I don't jump in the cold shower after I do my morning routine, I jump in that pool and do a little bit of underwater hypoxic work. And uh, if the, the cardiovascular and the, the physiological and psychological benefits outweigh the risks, assuming that you're sleeping well and you're not overstressed, you're getting a lot of minerals into your body and you're taking care of your heart, it's not really an issue. If you're overworked, overstressed, underslept, yeah, you shouldn't be doing like like slap yourself in the face, cold showers and cold water plunges. Uh, so, yeah, it's a good point. Ben, I know we have a hard stop in, in five minutes and I want to be respective of that. And the last question I want to ask you um, is probably a little more elaborate than that, but I've kind of done a little bit of a, I take a nootropic and then you may define it another way of um, lion's mane. Oh wait, chaga mushroom and lion's mane. Um, and just in my coffee and I can, maybe it's placebo, but I can tell a difference. I put it kind of in, in, you know, my buttered coffee. Do you have, do you believe in those? Number one, kind of just, you know, um, and number two, do you have one, do you have one that uh, you'd recommend? You know, I'm a little bit uh nootropic, agnostic just because as a blogger in the supplement and the nutrition and the health industry, I get a lot sent to my house that I try. And so I'll just like cycle between everything from alpha brain to four sigmatic lion's mane to qualia to siltap to true brain. Like, you know, I've, you know, I microdose with LSD and microdose with, with psilocybin and just kind of try anything that, that happens to be out there just to see what effect that it has on the brain. Lion's mane works really well. I like lion's mane, especially because it can give you a little bit of a, a neural focus high without keeping you awake. So you can even like put that into some decaffeinated tea in the evening and have some good cognitive function for the evening without needing to lay awake in bed at night. Lion's mane is a really good mushroom for, for as a neurotropic. I would say if I were to choose one like smart drug or nootropic that I get the most benefit from with the least uh, issues with either legality or or risk, you know, or unproven side effects uh, would be this one called Qualia. I have an article on my website called What is the God Pill? And Qualia is like 42 different ingredients, everything from minerals to neurotransmitter precursors to neural anti-inflammatories to 
racetam-based smart drugs to just like everything in the kitchen sink that's been proven to be helpful for neural function without addictive potential. And it's very simple. You take a you take the step one capsules on an empty stomach in the morning. You take the step two capsules with, with breakfast or with food. I usually do that two or three times a week on my most cognitively demanding days. And it's, yep. it's very impressive in terms of like word recall, memory, verbal fluency. Um, it's, it's a very cool supplement. It's very similar. Like I've used modafinil before. Modafinil uh-huh. is heavily processed by the liver, you know, and, and that's something I don't like about it. And uh, it's also known as provigil. And even though it has a good effect, it's also difficult to sleep when you take it too. Sometimes you're up for like 24 hours. This stuff, this qualia, um, I like it because it's not heavily processed by the liver and it doesn't make you jittery or keep you awake for a long time. But it really depends too. Again, you know, and, and perhaps I should finish with this. It comes down to biochemical individuality, meaning that, you know, if you've got, you know, HPA axis issues, you might need more of like a Chinese herbal medicine or adaptogenic herb approach to enhance neural performance. If for you it's a, you know, it's a fatty acid or a myelin sheath issue. You might need more eggs and olive oil and wild caught fish and, and choline precursors in your diet. If it's a blood brain barrier leakage issue. You might need to do more, you know, curcumin and neural anti-inflammatories. Um, so it really depends on why it is that, that your brain might not be working as well as you want it to. So I'm a big fan, again, not to sound like a broken record, of kind of like customizing things based on what your body actually needs. I know we didn't get a chance to take a deep dive into things like blood work and biomarkers and DNA testing and stool testing and saliva and urine, you know, everything you can do to actually figure out what it is that you should be eating and what it is that you should be supplementing with and the way that you should be exercising. But that's really, you know, one very important thing is we live in an era of self-quantification where you don't have to stick to like, you know, the, these questions like, oh, what would you do? And what's the, what's the one thing you choose for this or the three things you choose for that? To me, in an era where self-quantification is so readily accessible, some of that stuff's irrelevant. It's like go test your body, see what's right for you, and then, you know, rely upon a, a consultant or an expert or your lab results or a PDF or, you know, something that can help walk you through the results. And then you know, you know, how it is that you're supposed to exercise, how it is you're supposed to eat, how it is you're supposed to supplement. Etc. So, so yeah, there is a great deal of individuality involved too. Okay, that's that's awesome. I felt like uh, Greg. Do you feel like you just got a fire hose? Yeah, you know, I'm totally lost on what you guys are saying. <laughs> uh, most of it, when you said LSD, I thought that was a joke, but it was massively valuable because, as you said, gratitude. I mean, you you know, we all have that uncle or aunt that smokes a pack of cigarettes and drinks a fifth of whiskey every day, and they live to 106. And you can quantify every little thing you put in your body, but if you don't have purpose and gratitude and, and love in your life that's going to shorten it no matter what you do so i'm happy to see that at least yeah. that uh, that's a, a salient point in your life that is for me for me as well i learned a lot though that was very cool that is pretty cool everyone if you want to learn more it's uh ben has an awesome podcast as he alluded to ben i listen to it very regularly and uh you you, you know sometimes i feel very um insecure of, of the fact that that the, the amount of data that you know in your in your in your field, I don't know that much in dentistry, so I feel a little bit uh, <laughs> insecure in your presence, even on being the podcast spoken. So, kudos to you, man. You you're really uh, you're really doing things. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. And uh, yeah, anything I can help with on your end, just keep me posted. If people have questions for me, you could go to um, bengreenfieldfitness.com. It's where my blog and my podcast and everything is at. And um, yeah, I'm honored, guys. Thanks for having me on.
Do you do private stuff for, for like, let's say someone wanted to, like, have you create a custom program yeah. or whatever. Do you do, I mean, is that something that's in your wheelhouse? Yeah, I do coaching. You could just, like, if you were to type into, like, Google search Ben Greenfield Coaching, uh, you'd find my, my coaching page. I do one-on-one, like, phone and Skype consults with people from all over the world. And I've got a small number of folks who I, who I kind of act as the CEO of their health and just oversee their sleep and their nervous system and their exercise, their nutrition, everything like that. So, awesome. yeah. And that's awesome. Ben, uh, you got to go, I know, and uh, thank you for taking the time, pal. Appreciate it. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Bulletproof Dental Practice with your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak. Online at BulletproofDentalPractice.com. We'll catch you next time.